And to Jesus be all the glory today, honor and praise. Thank you for joining me today as we continue teaching on the glorious power of the blood of Jesus. And I thank you for being my family. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for being my partners. And thank you for your prayers and love. And today, as I minister again on the glorious power of the blood, I'm doing this because I believe the time has come. We need to apply the blood daily on our lives. And I'm going to show you from the Word today what rights we have and on what, on whom and on what can we apply the blood of Jesus. Father, I give you the praise for what you're going to show us today through your blessed Holy Word. Bless your people richly today. Reveal much to each one of us, I pray, for your glory, precious, precious Jesus. In your holy name and God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. I showed you yesterday how God revealed the power of the blood to Adam here in Genesis 3, then how he revealed the power of the blood to his son Abel in Genesis 4, and then how he revealed the power of the blood to Noah in Genesis 7 and 8, Abraham in Genesis 12, Isaac in Genesis 26, Jacob in chapter 33 of Genesis. And all these patriarchs understood no approach to God without the blood, no favor before God without the blood, no promises of God can be ours without the blood. And that's why when Noah came out of the ark in Genesis 8, the first thing he did, apply the blood. We, we saw all that yesterday, and the blood applied by Noah broke the curse on the earth. Later, we, we see when Abraham came into the promised land, the first thing he did in chapter 12 of Genesis, verse 7 and 8, he applied the blood. He built an altar. Same thing with Isaac, same thing with Jacob. Now, Israel, their descendants, God Almighty revealed to them the power of the blood in Egypt. You remember, and this is what I kind of ended yesterday, when they came out of Egypt, here they were there for 400 years or so. Nothing happened. Silence. Now God comes through Moses with an amazing revelation to Israel. He said, apply the blood on the lintel, that's the piece of wood over the door, and the side posts of each door, and I will pass over you. And I will not allow the plague to come in unto you to destroy you. So there is power in the blood, and that's what I'm teaching about, because today we need to hear it again and apply the blood again daily, daily, not just weekly, daily on our lives and our loved ones and more than that. So in verse 13, let's go back to Exodus 12, 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. He, he tells Israel, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And then he makes another amazing promise in verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, the top part of the door, and on the, on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door, will not allow the destroyer to come in unto you 
to your houses to smite you. So we, we've seen it in the life of Adam, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, now Israel. Now let's go from there. God Almighty now says something most remarkable to Moses. Now, the Lord wanted to establish his promises to the nation of Israel. In chapter 24 of Exodus, beginning at verse 1, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Come up unto the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. So Moses now comes and tells all the people, all the words of the Lord. And all the people say, okay, we will do what God said. Moses now writes the words of the Lord. Rises up early in the morning, and the first thing he does in verse 4, he builds an altar. Why? To apply the blood. Why? That the promises might be established for the nation of Israel. Verse 5 is amazing. It says, And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. Now imagine, this probably was thousands of them that went through the camp, sacrificing animals, because later that blood had to be applied on all the people. That's three million people. Think about if you were talking to a hundred people in the Old Testament. If you were there and I was there and God said, apply the blood of a hundred people, how many animals would have to die for that? Think about three million. It says, and Moses took half of the blood, put it in basins, a lot of containers. Half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar that he built. Then he took the book of the covenant in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord said we will do. Now Moses takes the blood in verse 8, the next verse, sprinkles it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Amazingly, in Hebrews chapter 9, we have an additional truth about this. And in verse 19, we read this amazing portion. It says, when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet, wool, hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people. So how did he spray the people? And here it mentions he also sprayed the book of the covenant. What God said, all the words God spoke, were applied, they applied blood. Here, he applied blood over them. Now, here is something remarkable. It says he takes water, meaning the word of God. Scarlet speaks of the suffering of the Lord. Hyssop, faith. And he sprinkles the book and all the people. When we apply the, the precious blood of Jesus, we have to speak the word of God. We thank him for the cross, the scarlet here. And by faith we do it. That's the hyssop. Hyssop was a plant that uh, grew on, on walls, 
practices, still does in the Holy Land. And, and he took that hyssop and he dipped it in the blood and sprayed people with the water, with the scarlet, which was a piece of wool, by the way, and the color was scarlet, and then the, the hyssop faith. And then he says, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. The word enjoined means commanded you to apply. And, and, and then it, it says, moreover, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. How powerful. The blood of Jesus. Now, God had Moses do that, representing his side of the covenant. And when the, when the people received it, then they had to apply it. They had to apply it. And I showed you how they applied it, and we do it the same by faith. But I love what it says. Again, let's go back to Exodus 24. There's a very powerful word here that is important to us today, and that is in verse 8 of Exodus 24, where it says that he took, Moses took the blood, sprinkles it on the people, and said, Behold the blood of the covenant. So every time you apply the blood, you reactivate the covenant. This is very important. That's why we have to apply, dear Lord, I just feel the anointing just talking about it. Whenever we apply the blood daily, the covenant is activated in our life. All the benefits of the covenant are now reality in our life. That's why people today are sick, some, some of them dying early, some of them plagued mentally and in other you know, parts of the body because they have forgotten all about the blood of Jesus. And that opened the door to demonic oppression. Saints, I'm telling you, today we're seeing so many people oppressed. Nobody has peace. Very few, it seems, have peace today. Everybody's afraid about the future or this or that. They, they have forgotten what the Bible teaches. And I pray you have not forgotten. But I'm glad I'm re reminding some of you. Think about your mom and grandpa and granddaddy. What kind of power they walked in walking with God. We need it more than ever. They understood the power of the blood. We now need to bring it back. The reality of the power of the blood in our life. Hallelujah. Now, in the, in the blood, the covenant has its foundation and power. The covenant we are walking in. It's by the blood alone that God and man can be brought into fellowship. That which had been revealed now at the gate of Eden to Adam, Abel, Mount of Ararat, to Noah, when Abraham entered the promised land, confirmed now in Sinai to Israel. Now we have to establish it. Now God Almighty, this is a remarkable truth too, by the way. After the blood was applied in Exodus 24 on all Israel, God made a new uh, decision. He says to Moses in chapter 25, verse 8, for the first time, God says, 
Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. In other words, Moses, you don't need to come up to the mountain no more. I'm coming down. I want to be among you. Build me a sanctuary. And what did Moses do? He built the tabernacle. And later the temple in Jerusalem. Because God wanted to dwell among his people, but not without the blood. And when you study the tabernacle, it's the sign of the cross. The tabernacle is quite remarkable. You have the gate. You come through the gate, which speaks of Jesus and his offices. You face the altar of sacrifice, the work of the cross. You face the laver, the word, the part of the word. And then to the left, as you go into the holy place, is the lampstand. To the right is the table of showbread. Straight ahead is the altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant. What is that? The cross. So when you looked at the tabernacle from the top to the bottom, you saw what? The cross, the blood. And there was blood everywhere, from the altar of sacrifice to the laver. The blood was applied on the lampstand, on the table of showbread, on the altar of incense, and once a year on the mercy seat, which is the cover of the, of the Ark of the Covenant. Think about the blood everywhere in the Old Covenant. The way to God is through the blood. And in the book of Hebrews, we are told we come through the blood, through a new and living way, through the blood of Jesus to the throne of God, to the throne of grace. How, how beautiful, how precious. So now we have to see approaching the dwelling place of God in the Old Covenant. The, the first thing is you see is the blood. Now, the, the high priest went in once a year with the blood and spread it seven times over the mercy seat. He stood behind the Ark of the Covenant facing eastward and had to spray seven times the blood once a year. Jesus shed his blood for you and I seven times. First, in Gethsemane when his sweat became blood. Secondly, in the house of Caiaphas, when they beat his face and tore his precious beard off. Thirdly, when they put the crown of thorns upon his head. Fourthly, when they whipped his back for our healing. Number five, when they nailed his hands to the cross. Number six, nailed his feet to the cross. Number seven, his side was opened by the spear. Now, the blood of Jesus was shed seven times in fulfillment of Old Testament type. On the Day of Atonement, it had to be sprayed seven times. The glory shone through the blood in the Holy of Holies. Think about what I just said. In the outer court, when the priests came to minister and offer sacrifices on the altar of sacrifice, which was made out of brass. The sun was out there. They could see where they're going. When they walked into the holy place where the lampstand stood and the table of showbread stood and the altar of incense stood, they had the lampstand so they could see what they were doing. But there was a lot of smoke in there from the incense, so they, they saw through a veiled light, basically. When, they went, when, when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year, there was no sun shining. 
there was no lampstand in there. There were covers, four different covers on top of the entire tabernacle. How did they see? How did the high priest see? Through the glory of God that shone through the blood. You see, the glory comes to you and me through the blood of Jesus. Now, what is so remarkable is when John the Baptist declared in John 1, Behold the Lamb of God. Here again we see the presentation of the blood of Jesus in the New Testament. And later in John chapter 6, the Lord said in, in that amazing chapter, If you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And a lot of his disciples could not understand it and they walked away. What he was talking about is, and he said so in John 6, he said, the word I speak, their spirit. So when we receive the Lord at salvation, we are partaking of his life. We become one with him completely. Flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, the Bible says, through fellowship with him. And when we partake communion, literally the covenant is is enforced again. God begins to bless us again through the covenant. That's why communion is so important that we take communion at least once a week, that God would bless us with health and strength and protection. If I'm talking to somebody today that is sick physically, there is a way out, communion. Begin to partake of communion. And the Bible says, do this in remembrance. It doesn't say think this in remembrance. It says, do this in remembrance. means relive the moment, relive what happened on Calvary. How? Through what we eat. The children of Israel relive the Passover by eating the Seder. They, they eat food that brings back the experience of the Passover. We Partake of the bread, his broken body. Partake of the cup, his shed blood. We relieve Calvary. Healing comes to us. I've seen people healed many times during communion in, in many of our meetings. Today, I want to apply the blood on you. But before I do, I want to share something with you quickly from Job. There's a lot more I can share, but... I want to just give you this because it's important. I will be sharing with you a whole message that I ministered at Jesus' image, uh, where my children, of course, are, are the pastors, Michael and Jessica. And I taught on the blood. I'm, I'm, I'm going to re-air that whole message the next few days. I pray that the Lord would really use it to bless you. But I want to show you from Job chapter 1, verse 5, something that Job did because he understood that too about the power of the blood. Right before I apply the blood on you today and pray with you. It says, And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified. This is Job 1, 5. Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. It means they applied the blood on his children, for Job said, it may be that my sons had sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually or regularly. In verse 10 now, 
the devil is standing before God. And God said earlier, did you consider my servant Job how righteous he is? And then, this is in verse 8, then the devil says, does he fear God for nothing? Have you not, verse 10, have you not made a hedge about him and his house, all that he has, meaning his possessions? You bless the work of his hands, meaning his job, and his substance is increased in the land, meaning his influence, his relationships. So the devil recognizes a hedge built, in fact, five different hedges around him, his family, possessions, job, influence, and so on. Which means we as believers today have the power to apply with our mouth the word of God. So we say, Father, your word declares. I'm going to do that today, just a few moments. So we apply the blood and we have the right to apply the blood of Jesus on these areas in our life, our own life, our children, families, our possessions, our work, or ministry, and our influence. So let's lift our hands to heaven. I'm gonna play some of our worship, our own worship on tape. And as I do, I'm gonna apply the blood on you. But first, let's thank God for his word. Lord, I thank you for your promises. Your word declares, Lord, that the blood was applied in the Old Testament. And Lord, in the New Testament, you shed your blood for us. And you took your blood into heaven. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, it declares you walked into the glory of God with your blood on our behalf. And that's why the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost. And Lord, just as the blood was applied in, in the Old Covenant, your word, just as we are told in the New Testament, all things must be washed, cleansed by the blood, or no remission of sin without it. I thank you for your word. And now, Lord, by the power of the word, I apply the blood on your people. I apply the blood on every one of them. And I apply the blood on their families, their children, their sons and daughters, their moms and dads, their brothers and sisters. I apply the blood, Lord, on their possessions, on their homes, on their cars. Yes, Lord, I apply the blood on their possessions. And I apply the blood on their work or ministry. Protect them, Lord, bless them. And I apply the blood on their ministry, relationships and influence. In Jesus' holy name, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, cover them with your blood. Bring their loved ones into the kingdom for your holy name's sake. And bring healing, Lord, to their minds, 
I rebuke every demon that is oppressed and is oppressing anyone right now. In Jesus' holy name, be gone. And Lord, I pray for healing physically too, Lord, to come to every one of them. In Jesus' mighty name. Maru kanta palba mantiremo. Lift your hands and thank him for his love, sweet people. Lift your hands and thank him for his blood. Thank him for his love, his healing, his anointing. Bless him in the Holy Ghost. Mente pil bikanti ramu. Yonta kuntu lamal alfaapi alvakintinu. Bless your people, Lord, today. And cover them with your blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you now apply the blood daily? Would you, would you remember to apply the blood continually? And remember, you can apply the blood on your life. This is biblically allowed. You can apply the blood on your children, your loved ones. You can apply the blood on your possessions and on your job or ministry and on your relationships and influence. Make sure you do that daily. It's there in the Bible. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. I pray this has blessed you. I pray this has been a blessing today and yesterday as I've been teaching on the blood. Do your own study on it. It's most revealing, most wonderful. It's time to give now to the Lord's work. I tell you, I felt a tremendous anointing as I prayed. I know some of you were blessed and touched. And please share this teaching with people that you know. But now it's time to give. The only way we can secure our future, financially I'm talking about, is by giving, sowing seed on the Lord's work. There really is no other way. Today there's a lot of fear about the economy, the future, what could happen. I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed begging for bread. That's the word of God. We trust his word because we know him. We know the Lord Jesus. We know his word is true. It's yea and amen. You will never disappoint. He'll never disappoint one of us. Never. Because he is Jesus. And as we give to his work today, we can trust him. We can trust him with our homes, our families, our futures. Because he is the Lord. All right. You can sow your seed now on the platform you're watching me on. You can sow your seed by going to our website, benihin.org. Or you can sow your seed simply by texting BHM45777. I've really enjoyed myself with you today and thank you for your support and your love. And one other thing I'd like you to pray about, if the Lord speaks to you, to help us put a lot of the teachings on digital from the old days, from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Now we're transferring a lot of that so we don't lose the tapes. So our children and grandchildren will have the chance to see the power of God and more. So it's costing us a lot of money to put all this into digital. So you can uh, let, let God lead you on that, all right?
Much blessings to you, and I'll see you tomorrow for that beautiful time with my Lord again.